Welcome to Reconciling Grace, a program where church leaders discuss various topics from the Bible. During the discussions, there may or may not always be agreement from every panel member on every point, but there is full agreement on the fact that the way to God the Father is through the reconciling grace of Jesus Christ. And this is Pete Vecchi welcoming you to another podcast of Reconciling Grace. I'm joined today by Pastor Josh Kugel, Pastor Don McDonald, P. Mack. I've known you as Don for too many years, Don. I'm just going to call you Don, all right? I, I have to tell you a quick story. I go by P. Mack for 30 years, and now I don't know who Don is anymore. <laughs> oh, yeah. I understand that one. And Josh, I'll just call you Josh. How's that? He's just Josh. <laughs> So uh, we have a topic tonight that um, is kind of a little bit different. I'm calling it the Tower of Babel today. And a lot of us may or may not know about the Tower of Babel. Um, I know the three of us here are aware of that Tower of Babel. And just um, for the edification of those who may not know the situation in the book of genesis we are told about the flood uh that noah went through and that after the flood came god told noah and basically humanity because of noah he was one of uh basically six people there he told him this in genesis 9 1 he said and god blessed noah and his sons and said to them be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. So, you know, humanity had been wiped out by the flood, and God wanted humanity to multiply and fill the earth. So that was part of what they were commanded to do. Well, chapter 10 of Genesis goes through genealogies and things such as that, and then you get to chapter 11, and starting in verse 1, it talks about the whole earth having had one language. And then get to verse four, it says, and these people said, come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its top in the heavens and let us make a name for ourselves. And right off the bat, we see that um, these human beings are trying to make a name for themselves and not follow what God said. God wanted them to scatter throughout the earth. These people were wanting to build a tower. Let us build a city and a tower with its top in the heavens, and let us make a name for ourselves. Have either of you guys ever thought about um, the, the ramifications of that, of what it means to um, try to make a name for ourselves as human beings rather than glorifying God? I think there's a couple things here. First of all, uh, the idea of a name back then is pretty significant because a name isn't just your name. It's, it's actually who you are. And so making a name for yourself means that I'm making myself something significant enough that, that I don't need God. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, I think this is, more, this is more than about being known as something or whatever. This is about becoming something that is not restricted by a relationship with God or a dependency on God. Uh, I'm talking about in church about the Lord's prayer and in the Lord's prayer, we're essentially saying, God, we have no power to do anything on our own. We need you. And this is the exact opposite. And I think this is a pivotal moment in scripture where people are saying, you know what? I know you told us to be fruitful and multiply, 
I know you want us to depend on you and all this stuff, but we are going to make it known. We are going to become like you are um, in a sense. But I, I love, and, and I think you stopped a little before my favorite part of this story. They built probably the most significant structure that's ever been built up to that point. These ziggurats, these ancient ziggurats are still around, or at least in a way that we still know they were significant enough to, so that some portion of them survived for thousands of years. And so they built this huge things that, that I'm sure men and women would come from around the country and look at it and marvel at it. And the Bible says right after this, that God, um, I think, um, uh, let me get the exact wording it uses in the NLT. Um, he says, the Lord came down to look at the city and the tower. So in other words, they're building this tower to make a name for themselves to reach the heavens and let God know that they don't need him and how big and how accomplished we are. And the Bible says that God actually has to come down to look at it. <laughs> so yeah, I think that's a real statement about how close they were to becoming like God where God says, oh, isn't that really cute of you guys? You know, <laughs> you, you, built this, you built this big tower by yourself. That's, that's neat of you. <laughs> I really like that, Josh. That's, that's yeah. great. I love that, uh, that way of saying it. <clears throat> but, then, but then they go on, and, and God says that uh, if they keep this up, there's going to there's gonna be nothing that's going to be impossible for them, which isn't too, and this is just background of the story. God isn't saying, oh, no, I'm scared that they'll become something, because remember, he just had to come down to see the biggest thing they've ever done. Mm -hmm. This is him saying, look, if I give them this idea that they don't need me, that they can do it, imagine the evil they'll be able to get themselves into. Um, imagine how bad it'll get for them. How, imagine how far away from me they'll get. So let me, and remember, the mission he gave them was to go forth and multiply, right? And they're saying, we don't need to do that. We don't need you. And God's saying, well, if I let you think that, like any kid would, you're, you're going to do untold damage to yourselves. And so, mm -hmm. so anyway, that's other parts of the story, but yeah. Sure. No, but it's, that's so important and it's so true. I mean, it goes all the way back to Genesis uh, chapter three when, when humanity <laughs> fell, because what was it that Adam and Eve wanted? Well, Eve, I guess the serpent, you know, basically tempted her but he said to her that you know if you do this if you eat from this then you'll be like god yeah. well in essence trying to make yourself like god trying to make yourself not need god well that goes all the way back to there and and from genesis chapter three you had the world become so wicked that god wiped everybody out except those who are in the ark yeah, it and says so every Every thought they had and every action they took was like, I forget the word, but it, consistently evil. Right. It was evil from, from the time they were born, I think is what it said, is, is how it said. I don't have the scripture right in front of me, but um, that's, that's exactly right. And so here it is. It's kind of like the, the reboot. You know, we, I don't think they call it the reboot in, um, in scriptural terms, but um, mm -hmm. with, with Noah, here it was, the reboot. Let's get this thing right this time. And humanity realized that everybody was wiped out except for this group of six people. And um, I'm sorry, it wasn't eight people. I'm sorry, I think it was eight because he had three sons. One, two. Three sons and their wives. Right. So that have been eight. So eight, my, eight people. My, my addition isn't always the greatest here. But anyway. Um, the, the point being that let's start over but, but, and but understand because these people went through all of this um, whole horrific flood. They saw everything die and yet 
within a generation, here they were back again trying to do it all on their own. I think the the key question as you know, as we lay out the theological implications of all this is how does that apply to today? Mm-hmm. And, and I think, you know, when we try to do actions on our own minus God, he usually finds a way to put us on our knees. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he finds a way to say, Hey, you know, you want to be like me, but to be like me, you have to start first with loving me. And you need to first humble yourself and you need to accept Jesus as Lord. And you need to see that the power of the Holy Spirit gives you the ability to do these things. Right. And not yourself. You know, and and whenever I've preached or taught about the Tower of Babel, you know, the point that God is making is, listen, you need to start with me first. You need to walk with me first. You, you, there's no way you can do this on your own. You have to be with me first. And, and so, you know, when I read through this, then they said, come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its top in the heavens and let us make a name, you know, like Josh is saying, name there isn't like a name of today. Name means that we know something intimately. We know something that gives away a secret of who we are. If we look at the, the theology of name in the old Testament, in the Hebrew, um, that we need to slow down and say, it's not about us being divine it's about god being divine in our lives mm-hmm. and working out in that direction yep and well and weren't they they were given instruction and this is the other thing i, I think it, it really portrays to us today too or, or, or pertains to us today too they were given instruction by god to go go for the multiply fill the earth yep or to be fruitful multiply and fill the earth and they didn't do it and so one of the things I think we have to wonder is when, when God has a plan, when God has a will and we're not, we're not willing to be part of that, uh, is God going to make a way to get it done anyway? And, and, but the other thing is they still had to, or they still went forward and multiply, or they still were fruitful and multiply, but they did it with this extra hindrance of not speaking the same language as so many other people. So originally God, think about the tower of Babel. God's plan was, Hey, go out there and do it. Uh, be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth, and you'll all speak the same language. <laughs> I mean, think about that, that you could go to these other countries and come back sometime and be able to speak to these people, and, and they're, but they wouldn't do it under those terms, so God forced them to, which added this whole extra layer of complication and everything else uh, to the future and to their future, so I almost wonder if when we refuse to do God's will or when we refuse to follow his plan, if we unnecessarily make our own future harder for us in the process, um, because God's going to do, God's going to accomplish his purposes anyway, with or without us or with or without us going along willingly. And then when we finally submit, um, we have a whole bunch of extra baggage that we didn't have before. I mean, who, who among us didn't receive either a call to ministry or a call to be faithful early in our lives that maybe we said, you know what, God, (laughs) I got other plans. I'm going to build my own tower. I'm going to make a name for myself. And God says, look, I'm still moving. I'm still working. And we finally realized, God, I didn't want to miss out on that. Now we've got the baggage of, you know, how we got to the place we're ready to follow God that we carry with us from then on. Um, And I just think it's kind of another, another angle to this story as well that I think plays out in our own lives. And I agree with that in the light of, you know, my call to ministry, I did not want to be 
a preacher, especially, I mean, and yet through getting fired from a job, my third one in about six months, it was like, all of a sudden the Lord's going, Hey, you know what you've got, there's something greater here. You need to let go of what you think you're called to do and let me work in your life. Like I think you should. And that took time to learn, you know, and so I agree totally that, you know, when you're looking over this text in particular, it's about, no, you need to start with me first, period, mm -hmm. end of story. And, and I like that. And, and one of the things that I think we need to differentiate between here is, um, and, and I don't know, you know, from Josh, how you said it and Don, how, from, from how you said it. I don't know that either one of you was, was running from a call of God. But maybe we have had our own ideas of what that call was supposed to look like, and we didn't maybe follow the exact way that God wanted us to do it. We thought, hey, okay, I'm going to follow God, and um, well, Pete, it'll be a different way than what he actually wanted. Yeah. Well, Pete, what, what, the, the general call that I think we all have from birth is to bring glory to God. Right. right. Um, and I spent a good deal of my life trying to bring glory to Josh. Okay. Um, maybe at the expense of <laughs> um, bringing, and I, and I don't want to say it because I was never far from God in, in a sense too, but I, I spent a lot of time trying to make my own name known, even within the context of, yeah, I'm a Christian, but this is, you know, and, and um, I, I don't know, anytime we get off mission, anytime we forget what we're here for, I, I think it's the same thing. Um, you know, the Bible makes it really clear that God made us for his glory um, and anytime we try to make either a name for ourselves apart from that bringing God glory or, or try to build a king from a kingdom for ourselves apart from the kingdom God is building, I, I just wonder if we get off track in the same way and God has to come down and say, hey, Josh, that's really cute. <laughs> I mean, you, you built something really impressive there. And, and I can imagine, I, I was just reading how Tim Cook is about to get an $850 million bonus for meeting some quotas for Apple. And everybody is reading that article with the exact same uh, uh, comments and everything. My goodness, what he's accomplished is amazing. And God's up in heaven going, isn't that cute? $850 million. Well, I hope you can rub that together. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, um, hey, hey, I got a, I got a, that much, you know, in in my change drawer, and uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, so I think God looks down at these accomplishments that we're so proud of, that are outside of His will or outside of His plan, and and does the same thing. Hey, this isn't what I wanted for you, or or that's really cute, but I've still got a bigger plan for you. Um. So I, I just kind of see a, a lot of angles to this story. But I think it's also one of the most pivotal stories in Scripture where, I mean, God really forces, you know, the, the, the world after all the sin and everything else, the world to get to get going, people to get spread out to, to I don't know, mm -hmm. um, and also just to set the tone for the rest of Scripture. But, yeah. Sure. Well, I think that, you know, again, we can go on different angles. And you mentioned that there are different angles to this. Um, maybe I, I can narrow it down to two. There are those people who are trying to do God's will and who may be messing up doing God's will despite trying to do it. And then there are people who are just simply ignoring God's will and wanting to do it all for their own glory. Um, and what I'm thinking is happening here in Genesis at the Tower of Babel is more of the latter. Um, yeah. it just, it's not like they're trying to 
you know, follow a call of God in their lives or whatever, but they're trying to show what humans can do and all the human accomplishments. And we can do this without God. You know, I'm remembering back when I was young Christian, you know, in the early 1980s, and a friend of mine was, was talking about at that time, something that wasn't all that old was the hippie movement. Remember the hippie movement where it was all about love and peace and everything else. And, and he was saying to me that he had heard somebody talking about this saying, you know, the hippies don't have it all wrong. It's just that they're trying to do it without Jesus. Mm. And, you know, the idea is, you know, we're trying to do things that we think are good, but we're trying to leave God out of the picture. And how much does that sound just like what is going on in today's culture, in today's society? Um, we are so many things where is everything is about what is the human answer to this? You know, there's a problem. If it's climate change, well, let's just uh, change the amount of uh, emissions we put into the air. Um, if it's about COVID, well, let's make a vaccine. You know, if it's um, peace on earth or lack of peace on earth, let's make a United Nations. And, you know, when I was thinking about that, well, it was one of the big things I was thinking of. A nice, tall building in New York, you know, with all the different people who, who are there. And that's, that's the way that we're going to accomplish peace on earth and goodwill to men. It's all about humanity, trying to do it on humanity's own. And really, there is nothing about God in the picture except, you know, I'm sure they might have a chapel there that's, uh, you know, something about, um, what do you call it, multi, not denominational, but multi-faith type. Well, of the new, I think, I think I was reading today that the new Harvard chaplain is uh, an atheist. So, okay. yeah, <laughs> it goes, goes along the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. But that's the kind of thing that I'm looking at is saying, in our world today, there are all kinds of things that, um, that, that represent humanity's attempt to do things on our own. And, and I'll tell you what, I am, I'm going to step on some toes here, and I don't mean to, because we have wonderful people in many, many, many different areas of life, many different types of jobs, many types of careers. <clears throat> And one of the things, though, that, that I remember not long ago, is within the last several years, where one of my kids was graduating from a college program, and I was in the auditorium watching, and all of this regalia that these people are wearing about, look what I have done, look how important I am, you know, the main dude or whoever it was, was wearing the most robes and the most sashes and, you know, whatever, carrying the most stuff. And it's kind of like, we're going to sit on this big uh, main place up here on the stage. And now those of you down here who have earned a degree, you are on your way, you know, and it's just kind of like, where is God in this? Now, I'm not saying that the people who graduated couldn't have been doing it for the glory of God. They could have been. But the whole, the whole um, ceremony just seemed to be something that was glorifying humanity and humanity's accomplishments. And the bottom line is, are we forgetting God as a society? What do you guys think? Are, are we forgetting or have we forgotten? 
either way. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I think one of the one of the things that humanity or humans are rushing to do is to prove that we don't need God to be good. Um, because I, I think uh, objectively, I think the Western or Ju- Judeo-Christian, the Western civilization, I know it's being demonized and everything right now, but I think objectively it's the best thing that's ever hit the world. Um, and, and it's no secret, I think, that it's been because it's been influenced so heavily by Christianity. I think Christians are why slaves were freed. I think Christians are, I mean, you just go down the list of, of what Christians have done. And now there's this huge movement in America to just to simply say, look, we don't need God to be good. We can be good because we want to be or because we desire to treat others well or or because, you know, evolutionarily, evolutionarily, um, you know, we're, we're about I don't know if that's the right word or not, but but it makes sense that we would try to to further on our species and all this. And, and I think that's the Tower of Babel end of it is we're saying, you know what, we can do everything we need to do without God's involvement. Um, we can make a name for ourselves. This is a whole humanist movement right now that, um, you know, just be good to others, uh, that we're good enough to do this, that kind of thing. And so we've, uh, and, and what's interesting about it is we're enjoying some success in doing this because of our Christian foundation was so strong in America and in, in parts of Europe and everything. But um, I think we're beginning to see the cracks that come from pushing God to the side and relying on ourselves for uh, these kind of things that, that are supposed to hold our whole society together, that are supposed to make us good people and everything. And so um, I think, Pete, I think we're at a very, a very um, long line of telling God that we can do it without him. And we're beginning to inherit the world that that makes. Yeah. So. But I think the counter to that as i agree with what josh is saying is even though we are on that long line that long line can be interrupted by the way we as christians react to it and by how we i've been spending time listening to the rise and fall of mars hills the podcast and is that a mark mark uh, mark driscoll's church yes it was It was, okay. and and, uh, and there's a lot of Babel stuff in there about, you know, how he built it and how it was built around his mm. personality. And but as I was listening to it, I thought, okay, what is what is a counter to all this? Is how do we show the grace and love of God as people are saying we can build it ourselves? I mean, you know, when you all are listening to this podcast, we're still in the midst of our second wave of COVID. And in a way, it almost feels like God's saying, hello, hello, I'm here. And guess what? You can't do it on your own. That's kind of like what I was getting at. And that was, I mean, it wasn't necessarily about COVID, but COVID is a great example. Um, You know, we're trying to do it without God. And what we really need to do as a culture and maybe the church has to be a stronger player in this is to remind people that doing with a, doing it without God is like trying to put the cart before the horse. Yeah. We need to remember that God needs to be in it. God needs to be the reason we do something. It's not that, okay, God, we want to do this. Let's do this. Let's do this. And please bless it. No, it's kind of like, God, show us what you want us to do and then help us to carry it out in your name. I think 
one of the things I haven't had time to do, um, and I really should be pursuing it now that I think about it, I've been humbled thinking about Pete, is we as a church of Jesus Christ have never gathered together as a greater church to be praying over what's happening in America. Mm-hmm. I know we have some small pockets that'll do it. Small you know, pockets, but is that demonstrating across the nation? Yeah, but there's no way a Southern Baptist and a Nazarene and a, and a reformed uh, reform <laughs> person would ever, would ever see enough, uh, enough in common to get together and pray. Yeah. <laughs> we can talk. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Josh, well, I love you, man. We can't go near Pete. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the whole thing, though, just the whole idea of, you know, maybe we need to take our own human pride as not not necessarily the three of us but you know in general in the church and say you know what it's not about whether i'm reformed or baptist or nazarene or methodist or presbyterian or lutheran or just keep naming them all down the line um it's about whether we believe in jesus christ and we want to glorify him and we need to maybe stop looking at how we can do things in our power and instead turn to God and say, Lord, help us to love and serve you. And we all know that verse that says, I I can do all things, right? Right. Isn't that where it stops? I can do all things. I can do all things, period. (laughs) Through Christ who gives me strength. Oh, that's a different verse. Oh, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Right. But again, even there, what's the motivation? Isn't the motivation that we really want to just simply, as we've said already, Josh, I know you've said it at least once, that we are made to glorify God. Yeah. Well, yeah, and, and the Bible even says to delight yourself in the, the his stuff, right? And he will give you what you want. Right. So the more you want what he wants, the more he'll give it to you. <laughs> Something like <laughs> the more you, that. The yeah. more you learn to want the things of God, the more you'll see them in your life and everything. Mm-hmm. And so if you're, if you're made to bring God glory and you start enjoying bringing God glory, you're going to start right. to see a successful life, at least in that regard. Right. Um, and I mean, that, that passage is the light in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Yeah. Is that exact? I don't know if that's the exact wording. But. Yeah. But I mean, that that's it. Hey, God has a mission. God has a purpose. God is glory delight yourself in that and you'll begin to see it (laughs) Um, which is really the counter argument to the tower of babel yeah you know if if you is you know i'm assuming we're getting near the end of our time here pete that you know if you want to dodge the tower of battle babel today start with glorifying god first start with delighting him first yeah if if you find yourself in a Tower of Babel moment, and if we're really honest, we all have them, then the bottom line question is, am I delighting and glorifying God with this action I am taking? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I think even just to add to that, um, ultimately, if it comes down to whether what you want is going to happen or what God wants is going to happen, <laughs> right? I, I, I would much rather uh, put... I'm not going to talk about betting or anything on this, but that'd be a safe bet as to who gets their way. And, <laughs> and, and, I mean that, and that's the key, isn't it? That we are here to glorify God and we are here to glorify God the way he wants us to do it. Not necessarily the way that we might think is the best. We might have great intentions. We might have lousy intentions, yeah. but the bottom line is put God 
as the center, as the hub of everything we do. Let him be the center of our lives and everything else will grow out from that. And that's how I think we avoid being having the Tower of Babel in our lives of trying to do it on our own without his strength. So with that, guys, I think we're going to wind things up here. It's been another interesting um, conversation, a nice time of having uh, some good talk here between us, between a, a Baptist and a Reformed and a Nazarene. And bottom line is we're all followers of Jesus Christ. We all believe in Jesus Christ. We all believe that he died on the cross to reconcile us to God the Father and that that is done through grace. There's the name of the podcast, Reconciling Grace. So for Pastor Don McDonald and for Pastor Josh Kugel, this is Pete Vecchi. I thank you for joining us for another episode of Reconciling Grace. This has been Reconciling Grace. If you have a comment or a question for our panel, or if you would like to invite one or more of our panelists to share with your church or group, please send an email to rg at faithandfriendsradio.com. And thank you for listening to Reconciling Grace. Reconciling Grace.